0: Okay, I think we're, um, we're live now, Luther, super excited to have you here, but let's just give it a few minutes to uh, let people join us. I don't know if we're going to be able to see us, see them or not. Jamie, you can always tell us um, if we're having people join or how this works, because okay. I don't know if I'll be able to see it. Um, I don't know if she's still on or not. Are you still on, Jamie? Nod your head. Okay I can see her in the lower left. Um, so maybe we should just start Luther. What do you think?
1: I guess so that's fine and pleasure to be here by the way. I know we're just waiting for people to come in,
0: but yeah I'm gonna do a proper intro. Okay. Um, okay, hi everybody. Oh wait, there's your Twitter link. Why don't you do that first? Did you see she just put it in the comments If you share that then people can join us.
1: Oh yeah. Hold on. Um, I and then
0: after we've it. done that, I'll do an intro and welcome you.
1: Oh, want to chat, press chat. Oh, okay, I got you, got you. Do you see it? Yep, okay, yep. Yeah. View link to share. Share that one or the top one, cause she shared two.
0: I think the one that just says that she put in it two oh one that says twitter dot com. I okay. broadcast that one.
1: Okay, because there was one under it, so I just want to be sure.
0: I don't see the one under it. That's funny. I only see the one.
1: Yeah, it says view link to share, but it's probably the one above. It says 401 as well. So Yes, just click see. that.
0: Yeah. Okay,
1: let's see. Uh-oh. Oh, I'm still here. Hold okay. on. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. But I will have to back out, though, wouldn't I?
0: Well, the thing is, I think you're supposed to just share that on your Twitter is what she's asking you to do, not to, to select it. But to copy it it into your Twitter, she'll post it on our Twitter, but if you post it on your Twitter, then people can can join us.
1: Yeah, I don't even know how to do that on here right now. I don't want to mess it up.
0: What if she, Jamie, can you uh, DM him on Twitter so that he has it? And then he copies it into Twitter. Can you do that from Twitter? Can you see Twitter where you are now, Luther?
1: Uh, No, I only see where, I only see us. That's it.
0: Okay, um, I don't know what to do
1: because I think I think it'll exit it out. I believe it.
0: Well, can you open up another window, or do you can you hit escape or something? Because it'll take you out of the full screen.
2: Uh-huh. I'm gonna hop in here real quick.
0: He needs to copy that, doesn't he? Yeah.
2: So Luther, can you can you hear me? He's gone out. I don't know what's happened. I told him to hit the escape to see if he could get out of the. Um, is he on his phone? I think he's on his phone. I'm gonna let myself into the room and then I'll exit out after we get him all sorted.
0: Okay. Anybody who's watching will just be a few minutes while we get this tech sorted out.
2: Hi. Okay.
0: Did we lose him? No, there he is. Oh, okay. He'll be back. He's back now, but he's in a different window.
2: That's because I'm in here?
0: No, but he has two windows now. Can you see them both?
2: Oh, yeah. So I'll remove the other one then. I can do it. I'll do it. Okay. I did it. And We'll add him to the stream. There you go. Luther, were you able to Can you hear Uh, us, Luther?
0: I'm going to remove that. Let me see if that works.
2: Hi everybody. We're just troubleshooting. That's what I said.
0: (laughs) I don't know if I should remove that window with him in it, do you think, or?
2: Uh, Let's just give him a second and we'll see. No,
0: but do you see the one down below? There's a third window. There's you, me and him. Is that?
2: That might be him just still trying to get back in. So let's give it a second. Okay. This is going to be super fun. (laughs) I know it's very exciting. Let me go um, see what's happening here. Be right back. Okay. Do you want to check your maybe check your messages? Make sure he's. Oh, there we go. So, see, he had to. I think he exited out, and now he'll probably ex, come back in. Yes.
0: Next time we should get the Twitter, have the thing, the Twitter link go, you know, have us go live before the hour. Mm-hmm. So we get the Twitter link and then we can make it happen. You can tell Adriana that after um, that she can clean in there once you get this going, okay?
2: Sure. Okay. Here I, see her, I see her wandering. The back. I think she might have a question for me. I'll, I'll get there in a second. Okay.
1: Yeah, I forgot okay. to mention I was on the phone. I apologize. That's my bad. No okay. no, no. <laughs> okay.
2: So you got it posted to your feed?
1: Yeah, it's on there now. So we, kind of, we probably caught all that you know confusion in there as well, but I'm pretty sure you can that that out.
2: Yeah, no worries, nothing. It doesn't matter. This is okay. what happens when you go live. That's just the way it goes. All go. right, I'm gonna I'm gonna exit. See you guys. Okay. Thanks, Jamie.
1: Thanks, Jamie. Okay, we're back now. We're back. I apologize about that. Don't you
0: worry, Luther. So okay, what everybody. What's that?
1: I said what do we leave well, off oh, the introductions? No, I'm
0: going to okay. I'm going to start so with we'll just just do a, like a 10 second pause and then we'll go, okay? Okay. Hi everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Leslie Minukian of Health Freedom Defense Fund. I'm so excited to welcome Luther Cyrus to my show Conversations on Health Freedom. We're gonna talk about a huge spectrum of issues from germ theory to the DeMar Hamlin situation and our letter to the NFLPA today. Um, So we're excited to have you all here with us. Welcome to the show, Luther.
1: Thanks for having me, Leslie.
0: Super excited to be with you.
1: Me as well. Good to be here.
0: Great. So um, I think one of the first things I wanna just talk to you about is you have a pretty sizable presence on Twitter. What got you into being a voice on Twitter and speaking out about the issues you speak out?
1: It really all started, you know, around 2019. That's when I really started. But I was never really on Twitter like that. I was more on Facebook and Instagram. But after a while, I started to notice my engagement was going down and down and down. I was like, okay, so something's not right. But so then, you know, I'm still stuck at, I think, what is it? 1100 followers on instagram and i think like 200 friends on facebook so i was like something's not adding up so then i joined twitter a year ago so i just started you know pushing the stuff that i'm pushing now you know deep about the vaccines and et cetera et cetera and it all just took off from there once i started you know uh sharing a lot more i've been on maybe a year and i think it's peter mccullough started to share some of my posts as well and after that it just took off and you know, the DeMar Hamlet thing as well. But we'll get on that as well. But that's how I got on Twitter from the first two platforms.
0: Gotcha. So, I mean, I think the elephant in the room is that you're being censored on Instagram and Facebook and you're not being censored on Twitter. And so yep. your followers have exploded to tens of thousands, right? You're at least, I think, around 30,000 or something like that.
1: Yeah, 30,000.
0: Uh huh. Do you Did you have any indication that you were being shadow banned? Like, what made you... Or was it just getting on Twitter that made you realize that
1: there was something going on? Uh, That too. It was getting on Twitter. And then I was also on TikTok. You know, I was primarily banned from this, but like nine times. So I was like, wow, it's like, I'm just getting censored left and right. So like, it's okay. I said, let me take a break for a little bit. Let me hop on Twitter. And then the followers It to go up little by little. And as I kept, you know, pushing my stuff, you know, I'm an activist is what I do. So, you know, I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And before you know it, I got up to 30,000 followers, you know, and it's just, it's beautiful. Some people say I went viral and stuff like that. I don't see this going viral. I don't, I don't do it for the followers. It's good. It makes me feel good. I love it, but it's bigger than that, you know?
0: Very much so. So let me just ask you, what was it that you were saying that got you booted, that got you shadow banned, um, that got you censored? What, what, what outrageous, horrible lies were you telling the public? (laughs) it
1: was, pretty much what they don't want people to talk about over the last three years, the COVID vaccine. That's all it was about. And all I was doing was bringing awareness, you know what I mean? I was you know, showing the people collapsing, et cetera, et cetera. Stuff that we see now, that's you know visible on Twitter. I was showing what everybody else would want to show as a concerned citizen. And that was too much for people to handle, I guess. So they just always removed my you know post to the bottom of the feed so nobody could see my stuff. So it's for a while, it was three years that i was i wasn't able to voice my opinion so i was pretty much unheard of before besides you know people in my town and local facilities and people around me they knew me but i, I never had this fan base i was always censored so it's like that's why my uh that name is censored for sure
0: <laughs> gotcha so were you posting mostly about athletes collapsing is that what you were posting or were you putting things about how the shots don't stop transmission and infection you know were you doing science were you doing more Videos, visuals, and was there any kind of? Or was it was. I was painting? doing
1: it all. I was doing it all. Anything. So anything that, well, pretty much, it was all with the vaccines and the whole COVID hoax. So I guess it all pretty falls under the same umbrella, you know, in, in some aspect. But it was really mostly just you know the vaccines and COVID. That's where really, that's where it really started from. It really started for me just researching and reading and keep reading, and I'm like, wait, this doesn't make sense. So now I was like, I started pulling up articles after articles, literatures after literatures, you know, I'm no expert, you know, by no means, but I have enough to not be fooled, enough knowledge to not be fooled, you know? So that's pretty much where I took off from there. I wanted more knowledge for myself. So instead of me being indoctrinated to get that knowledge, I taught it to myself. Amongst, there's a couple people around me, but, you know, mainly for myself. I wanted to better myself.
0: So you said something really interesting there, which I'd really like us to address further. And that is that you're not an expert. Um, I think that we live under the cult of the expert, and that um, we have had this carefully curated and sculpted image of experts and doctors, whatever they are, expert witnesses, expert, you know, I'm the authority right. and you're a peon. Don't ask me any questions. Uh Um, To me, I mean, I've been accused of that. Well, what do you know? You're just this, or you're just that, or you're just an analyst, or you're, you know, whatever. What do you know about this? And you know, you may know that I made a documentary, award-winning documentary film on vaccines called The Greater Good, which I'd Uh love to share you a link to watch. Um, I made that about 12 years ago now, it came out. Um, It's interesting, the kinds of ad hominem attacks, you know? Oh, you're just, you're not an expert. So. Whenever I hear that, I think to myself, this is just lunacy. This is how the ruling class keeps the rest of us in check by telling us that we're not experts. And I think back to, um, I don't know how old you are. I, I'm probably older than you, maybe. I don't know. but um, Yeah, 31. Okay, I'm way older than you. <laughs> <laughs> but when um, I was young, I actually still remember they had these ads in the in the magazines that said, you know, it's a doctor with a white lab coat and a stethoscope. And he says, you know, my favorite brand is camel, right? Uh They are, they are using their authority, their white lab coat, their stethoscope and everything in order to make you think that they know better than you do. So have you always been someone who questioned, have you, you know, tell us what you think about the, what I call the cult of the expert and have you always been someone who challenged authority or questioned narratives or how did you get there?
1: I've always been one to question authority. Like when I was, you know, obviously growing up, everybody had their rebellious stage. But after a while, like, and I spoke, before I get there, I I liked science when I was growing up. I I liked it a lot. That was one of my favorites. And it's weird of me saying it now, but I'm thinking back, like, wow, that was like almost 15, 20 years ago. I was like, I really liked science, you know? So I was like, hmm, maybe this is for me. You know what I mean? Since the whole COVID thing came out, I was like, so let me give it a try. I mean, you know, obviously it's, you know, a lot more complicated than a lot of other subjects, but um, as far as the authority, it was just, it's just it was natural. It was just natural for me to question it. You know, I, I was always to believe that no matter qualifications or your credentials, you can still be questioned. It doesn't matter what your claims are, who you are. If you make a positive claim, the burden of proof is on the one making the claim. No matter the credentials or not, qualifications or not, you, you still have an obligation to do so. So after that, I just question everybody, and I hear that a lot. Appeals to authority, I always hear it. I'm actually telling some folks on, on Twitter earlier today since yesterday, dealing with the same thing. So yeah, I love it. You know what I mean? And people don't like that, but that's what we need to do. That's how to get the truth.
0: Very much so. It's it's really interesting. You know, um when I started Health Freedom Defense Fund. Uh, One of the first lawsuits that we filed was against the federal travel mask mandate, which, you know, you don't have to wear a mask on an airplane because of us, because of Health Freedom Defense Fund and our attorneys. And what's so interesting is that you constantly heard, oh, trust the experts in the last three years, trust the experts, trust the science. Wait a second. Anthony Fauci was flip flopping from literally a couple of weeks to another couple of weeks about whether or not we should wear a mask. And the truth is that they do not have uh, clear, unequivocal science that supports mask mandates in any way, not to mention the fact that they're literally mandating healthy people um, make wear a thing that does nothing to them, right? Um, but anyway, it's just, it's just shocking to me how many people defer to these experts and just take what they say and then they'll say, well, I actually wrote about um, the fact that Fauci was at a, I don't know where he was, was he at the Mets? I think he was watching a Mets game maybe. Um, Or maybe it was something in D.C. Was it the Mets? And he's sitting there without a mask on and he's got, you know, two people on either side. Yeah, 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 yeah. And of course, you know, um, there were many other there were many politicians who were spotted maskless Mm -hmm. walking through airports and getting their hair done and things like this. And I would literally send this to our local politicians. And you know what they'd say? Well, just because they're stupid and don't follow the science doesn't mean that we shouldn't. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how can you not see it? They know it's a farce.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And people just don't see it because they don't question it.
0: Yeah. How can you know
1: if you don't question it?
0: Yeah. So you said something else really interesting, and I would love for you to tell us more. You use the term the COVID hoax. Tell us why you say that and how you got to that position.
1: Uh, It took some time, but it was more of, like, even before I got there, I've never believed in, quote, unquote, sub microscopic particles getting people sick. That's never been my thing. I've never looked to vaccination as far as bettering my health as an individual. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then when I seen I seen the I seen a push, I was like, they were like, yeah, but I gotta get vaccinated and masked up. I was like it, it started to ring a bell I was like, wait, I said something is not adding up with this. And then what they want to everybody, they want to in everybody's arm, no matter what. If, we, if we're going by the germ theory, they want needles in everybody's arm, probably so I would say 99.8% uh, what was it, recovery mortality rate. I think it's a, probably confusing, it, but yeah, 99.8%, and you wanted everybody to take these needles and mask up. and if they didn't, you would take everything from them. So that's, to me, even on that aspect, I was like, that doesn't even make sense. But then, and what I mean by as far as the COVID thing, they they it's pretty much to me it's made up. That's why I say it's a hoax. Because it's not found in nature, right? And what they do is they they take a sample, supposedly from a sick host, and put it into a petri dish, cell culture, right? And then when the cell dies, they say, Bam, we have the virus. Okay. So now we have, you know, monkey kidney cells, we have antibiotics, we have all this genetically modified stuff in this Petri dish. And because the cell dies,
0: you're calling it a virus. Just to be clear for all of our viewers, what Luther is saying is that when they put the sample into the cell culture, the cell culture has all these other things. It's monkey kidneys, Vero cells, it's um, bovine serum, gelatin, antibiotics, enzymes, all these other things. I just wanted to clarify that.
1: hundred percent. And knowing that, and i always ask i'm like isn't the cell gonna die anyway right so and my thing is like so where is this natural natural phenomenon being seen at because i don't see it you know i talk to a lot of people in the field it's one mike donio i don't know if you know about him but i love him alex zek is another one tom cowan andrew kaufman i love them but those are the some of the people you know I associate with. It's been I've been associated with them. I love them the best. Yeah. But yeah, so now but when I ask these simple questions to the experts, they get defensive. They start mocking me. It's cool. I don't that doesn't bother me. But I know that, that that's what comes with it. Because now where now I'm questioning their religion, if you may, because now it's become a religion. So now they don't now it's the oh yeah, you, you don't have qualifications or you're not an expert. Here's the thing, you don't have to have any qualifications to question the science. Anybody who sees things that are questionable, they can question the science. That's why I don't get, but that's where the whole COVID hoax to me comes from. And it's like, they're still doubling down on it. So that's where I, I'm at with that.
0: It's very interesting. You know, there are some people who say that there, there has been no event, there's nothing extraordinary except for the fact that these protocols that they implemented in hospitals and elsewhere resulted in the death of tons of people. I just heard from a woman yesterday, whose husband died about a month ago and in the hospital. And when the coroner assessed her husband's body, he had severe malnutrition. Why would you have severe malnutrition if you've been in the hospital? Because they are literally depriving patients of nutrients. That's what this points to. And I can tell you that my own father-in-law died in the hospital under very interesting circumstances. And when we tried to ask them to do certain therapeutics and things, they refused. In fact, they wouldn't even speak to us. It's not right. It's, there's, no, there's something not right about this, you know? Right. So, so were you vaccinated as a kid, Luther?
1: As a kid, I was. You the were. last vaccine I had was maybe like 15, 20 years ago,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which my mom was still making my decisions for me at that point in time. Gotcha. But ever since then, nothing. Nada. Good
0: on you. And did you just start, I mean, was there anything that made you start to question them?
1: No, just naturally. I just like, I never, like I said in the beginning, I was like, I never looked at it as bettering my health
2: mm-hmm. or
1: or serving any benefit to me, if you may. Yeah. So it's like, it just was out of sight of the mind. So when people, I hear people say, oh, this vaccine saved my life. That's, that's kind of false and it holds no water because I'm living proof. I haven't been vaccinated in 20 years. Some people have has been 40, 50 years yeah. and they haven't been sick. Detoxification symptoms, which we all go through because we're humans, which is normal, but as far as sick with a, from a virus,
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too, because when they make these claims, oh, it saves so many millions of people. How do you prove that? You can't prove the null hypothesis. You can't prove something that didn't happen. <laughs> That's silly. But the biggest thing is, I mean, I'll just interject and share this. Um, there was a study published in the year 2000 and it was published. It was called, it's called Geyer et al. The lead author was Geyer and it was published, I believe in June in the journal of pediatrics and pediatrics is like, you know, the flagship journal of the American Academy of um, pediatrics. And so this is their Bible journal, you know, their, their touchstone and um, they published a study and it's called like an annual review of vital statistics. It looks at, U.S. official data going back to the Civil War, I think is when it started, and they concluded in their um, paper that I think it was 89%, so let's just call it 90% of the decline in infectious disease mortality in the 20th century came before the widespread use of either antibiotics or vaccines, meaning... The vaccines and antibiotics had nothing to do with the massive decline that we saw in infectious disease mortality. And just to put that even in more perspective, in, um, in the early part of the 1900s, roughly 10 to 20,000 people would die from what they call the measles every single year, okay, up until about 1920. By 1963, in fact, the five years on average before they introduced the vaccine in 1963, guess how many people died from, quote unquote, the measles every year in the United States. invite me. 432. Okay. And yet they introduced the vaccine the next year in 1963 to save everybody. So what happened between the early 1900s and 1962 or 1963 to affect this change? It was public sanitation, getting the, you know, getting the sewage out of the streets, getting the animals out of the streets, providing clean drinking water, refrigeration, fresh food, all these things it was not because of antibiotics or vaccines, even though that's what we're told. So, well, all I can say is good on you because um, I didn't figure it out that young um, or on my own. Somebody, I thought that the vaccines were the greatest invention of humankind until I enrolled in homeopathy college when I was living in London. And um, the guy leading the orientation was like, here, read this book. And the book um, was, all about vaccines. And I thought, Oh, this can't be real, but it had 960 something footnotes in the back. And I thought I better do some digging here. And that was literally the impetus behind my movie. Right. So, um,
1: I gotta see that. I gotta see. Yeah. It. Yeah.
0: I will send you a link. Okay. Afterwards. Okay. I'll send you a link. So, um, um, you've already got a certain su- degree of suspicion about the shots. I get that or about shots in general. Um, was there anything in particular about germ theory, or have you just learned about germ theory theory and the the massive flaws in germ theory from Alex Zach and Tom Cowan and Andy and these guys? Were you yeah. looking at germ theory beforehand, or has it been something you really no. learned from last No It's year? been
1: like it's only been a couple of years. I have a lot a lot of been a group with them, you know, terrain theorists, as they call us. A lot of them, Mike, Mike Donio. It was it's very interesting. Very interesting. I learned a lot. I look at things in a, a totally different way. So that's why when people say virus, I kind of like, no, nah. you know, even when you said before, I wanted to touch on the measles thing. Uh-huh. Uh, as far as measles, when they say measles and, you know, uh, what is it, herpes, these things, the the skin is the biggest organ in their body, correct?
0: And it's the biggest eliminatory organ, yeah.
1: Correct, so when we detox, the last place, is our skin, right? So you can't say it's a virus because, like what people say, most of us or all of us probably had it at one point in time. Maybe not to the extremity, right? Extremity, but that's where we detox. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. if it'll, it'll form blisters or, or bubble-like blisters on your skin, on the outer layer of your skin, right? So everybody this whole time believed it was a virus instead of doing some digging. But right? there's a lot of history behind this stuff, too. I still got to do a lot of research myself. You know, I'm, I'm not a no genius, but I know. I know to question it. You know what I mean? But that was, that was that.
0: You don't need to be a genius to just read a paper that says that one of the side effects noted after the Pfizer shot or some other shot was um, uh, ulceration of the skin, rashes and ulcers. That's something that's been a documented side effect. We know this from the Mm -hmm. clinical trials and so you don't need to be an expert or a genius to understand that it's what they used to say oh you're just a mother you're just this what do you know um you don't need to be an expert to read and see that the data that there were more cases of i don't know um rashes and things in Mm -hmm. the vaccination group than there were in the control group like you know this is another way that they keep us quiet you know um it's it's really um it's kind of sad frankly
1: Right, it is. And to finish off your question, it was, yeah, it's just been about two years or so, three years, because I've been like vigorously in the books. I'm I'm talking about papers after papers, just reading and reading and reading. And with the help of them, I like, I made up my mind. Don't get me wrong. I'm willing to be proven wrong. That's the whole point. Mm -hmm. But I haven't... That's what I'm looking for. Nobody's presented a valid paper that shows me the proper purification and isolation of SARS-CoV-2 Let's to be let's, simple with the qualifications.
0: Let's help people understand what you're talking about, Luther. First of all, would you just, can you just tell people you. what germ theory is? Because they may not know.
1: In simple words, well, in layman's terms, germ theory relies on medicine to better your health. Whereas terrain theory relies on natural remedies, if you may. Yeah. That's the easiest way I could put it.
0: Can I interject? Yes, absolutely. So, um, to, to just expand on what you just said, the, the whole notion of germ theory is that there are bugs out there, pathogens all over the place, and one of them might jump onto us and get us and make us sick.
2: <laughs> and yep. This
0: is what Louis Pasteur said. Um, uh, Louis Pasteur is said to have recanted on his deathbed and said, no, Beauchamp was right and that terrain is the actual appropriate analogy for understanding disease which is that if you're stressed if you live in toxins if you're if you're malnourished then you're going to evidence so you're going to manifest the um symptoms of illness but it's not necessarily from a disease it's actually because of all these other issues toxins stress um, it's really interesting to me. I was living in London and working there and my whole office, like literally two-thirds of the people in my office got sick after 9-11. Now, I don't think they all of a sudden caught some bug. I think it was because of all the fear that was released into their systems and mm-hmm. then caused this problem. But anyway, that's that's kind of the way that I like to look at germ theory versus terrain theory.
1: Right. Um, and as far as um, the terrain theory, it's more of of what the body can pretty much do itself (laughs) rather than adding antibiotics, you know, vaccination, right? You could just natural ways for everything, right? So at every point there's numerous amount of things that can be toxic for your body, starting with the environment. It's everything. When you're in a house together with your family, there's something in your house that could be toxic that you're inhaling every day that could be making you sick or even at work. There's a lot of different methods. So for me, when people say, oh yeah, this virus caused it to me, I'm like, that's I mean, I don't want to say like that, but to me, it's kind of irresponsible in, in a way because it's the easy it's the easy thing to do. Right. They stay, they they promote promoted on TV 24 hours a day. Uh, this symptom, if you have this symptom, you have this virus. Yeah. So like, OK, I have I have these symptoms so I can relate. I have this virus instead of looking deeper and to find the root of the problem. Right. So they look for vaccination when all reality is that there's still a deeper problem. Antibiotics is suppressing. The problem, right? right? There's no symptom suppression is not doesn't mean a reversal of disease. In other words, yeah. you could take all the antibiotics in the world, but deep down inside, the problem is sitting dormant. And some, and it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You're exposed to that certain chemical that made you detox in the first place, that could potentially be fatal or come back ten times worse.
0: Well, well said, Luther. Really well said. Um, to help our audience understand more of what you're talking about too. I want to just say that what you're trying to um, convey is that when you take a sample of someone's sputum and you put it into this Petri dish, there are lots of other things that are in the Petri dish, including your own cells. If there's bacteria, there can be other proteins and things like that. And then there's all the stuff that's in the Petri dish and what they feed this culture in order to keep it alive and stuff. And the, the, the issue that the, um, people who are questioning the whole virus narrative are um, addressing and claiming is that there's no proper isolation and purification of this virus in order to number one, identify it, or two, to prove that it's actually causing what they say they're, it's causing. And how can you possibly do that if you put it into a petri dish with all this other stuff? It just doesn't make any sense, does it? Yeah.
1: Leslie, God love you.
0: so so let's talk about how we got connected um because i think that's what's um super timely Um, Uh so everybody knows at this point i hope that we health freedom defense fund wrote a letter to the national football league players association which is the union for the players so it's the union that represents the players and we wrote a letter and um to the executive director, a guy named DeMauri Smith, asking him to engage in a conversation with us with a view to implementing a testing and screening protocol for all players, voluntary. We were not trying to force it, um, but um, to implement this testing and screening protocol so that other players can be protected from having cardiac arrest, like what happened to DeMar Hamlin on the field. um, actually I should start out even before that, but I, you went viral because of DeMar Hamlin, didn't you? What was the thing that made you that, 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 that got you really huge? And then let's come back to our NFL letter.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it was honestly the video. I, I don't even, I do not even know who DeMar Hamlin was before I shared it. I don't really watch sports. I used okay. to play it back in the day, football, basketball, et cetera, the whole nine yards, but I didn't know who he was. So a video was sent to me and I was like, who's this? And they told me, it was like, yeah, it just happened. This is this uh, backup safety, DeMar Hamler, whatever he was. And then he collapsed. So I was like, something's not adding up. This looks like way too familiar.
0: It did look familiar, it didn't it? It looked
1: way too familiar. So I was like, hmm. So I shared it. That's when I shared it on Twitter. Within, I would say, maybe 10 minutes, I had 1.4 million views on it already. I not even, it, my, my phone just kept going off, going off. And I was like, what, but it was people that were saying, Take this down, call me on kinds of names, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, No, something's not right, so I kept it up, and it's still up to this day. All the fans and from you know, Buffalo, all of them, they were all, and I, I took the time to talk to pretty much every one of them just to say how I felt. And I, you know, that's that's just yeah, that's, that's what it was. It was just a whole bunch of nonsense after I posted it, a bunch of back and forth, but that's mm-hmm. what took off.
0: Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, people were really trying to keep um, a lid on it initially. And the uh, commentators on the um, Monday Night Football, you know, they clearly had, they were immediately talking about, I forget what the term is now. It's commotio modus.
1: Commodio cortis. Uh,
0: Commodio cortis. Okay, thanks. I have not, like, committed <laughs> yeah, that memory. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they were instantly talking about that. Like, where did mm-hmm. they pull that from? I mean, Instant. that's not common, that's not something that people know, that's not something a sports announcer is gonna know about. And all of a sudden they're just wheeling out their their explanation, which is, um, you know, that it's it's Commodio Cortis, right? Did I say that right? Yeah, Commodio Cortis, and, and I'm watching and I'm thinking to myself, okay, of course we start doing more research and it finds out Commodio um, Cortis is when uh, a person is struck in the heart by a projectile around the size of a baseball that hits in such a perfect point and at such a perfect speed, which is less than 40 miles an hour, that it actually stops the heart instantaneously. Well, his heart didn't stop instantaneously. His heart didn't stop at all until he stood up and kind of took a couple steps and then he just dropped. So, you know, they're trying to tell us all that. And then, you know, there's, of course, of us people who are starting to ask questions. And, of course, we've also seen all of these soccer players and other athletes just you know yep. falling tennis players you see seen them just fall on the court or basketball players fall on the court or soccer players just collapse on the pitch you posted about one who just collapsed yep. yesterday i think was he nigerian 20.
1: yep uh, i'm not sure if he was nigerian but he was 21 years old okay i forget how to pronounce his name but
0: yeah i know let's not try <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, so, you know, they, they start putting this out there and they're, they're just banging on about how it's commodio cortis. It's commodio cortis. And, um, um, of course, many of us start asking questions. And um, people were telling um, people like you, unfortunately, you know, stay quiet and don't say anything. And because this is what we've been seeing for now over two years is that if there's any kind of connection to this, these potential – these medical, these experimental medical injections that have been given to all these people over the last two plus years—that we're not supposed to talk about it—and you know, don't look at the elephant in the room, right? Um,
1: <laughs> ridiculous. So,
0: so wow, so you got attacked, and you tried to answer as many people as you could who were making comments to you. Is that what you? Is that what? Oh you yeah, the,
1: the thread's threat's still up. Absolutely.
0: I mean, I knew it was gonna come with it. I don't, I don't mind that. I yeah.
1: guess okay. it was gonna come. So it comes with the, it comes with the job.
0: Okay. So then we put out our letter about the um you know requesting an audience with uh executive director of the NFLPA Demory Smith and um we wrote this beautiful letter that was you know rooted in the medical literature well documented just calling on them to to be prudent and act to protect their players which is what their mandate is right that's their duty and their obligation is to the players cool. and it fell on deaf ears but you got hold like you saw that somehow, right? Did it just come mm-hmm. across your Twitter feed, or what happened?
1: Honestly, I don't even remember why I seen it. I think it was I, th- I think I went on the, either the Gateway pundit, or I think I I seen Health for the health, the Health for the Freedom Health Freedom for Defense, right? Health, health defense. Freedom Defense Fund, yeah. Defense defense fund. Defense. I was always tongue twisted with me. Sorry about that. That's okay. But yeah, um, I think yeah, your organization posted it. Then I started reading because I, I didn't see it. Is either Gateway Pundit or it was you guys that posted it? And I just seen it. I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "What are the odds of that?" So that's when I shared it. I, you know, retweeted it, quote tweeted it as many times as I could. That's when I found I found you Leslie, and then I, you know, I was, started tagging you, and then it goes the neighborhood.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> so. This is – this is I really want to impress upon our viewers why we're doing this and why it's such an important issue. And that is that we should all be free to choose what we put into our bodies. And these players, in not only in the in the NFL, but in other sports, were really pressured. I mean, they were coerced. They may have not been mandated, but they were coerced. They were threatened that they'd be responsible if their teams had to forfeit. And, you know, from what I – I mean, I've gotten in, t- in touch now with some very um, – Prominent retired uh, professional athletes like John Mm -hmm. Stockton of the NBA and Ken Rutgers of the NFL. Rutgers played for um, the Green Bay Packers for 11 years. He was an offensive tackle, I think. And John Stockton played for the NBA. He's an NBA Hall of Famer. And Mm -hmm. they both—they both had actually reached out to their players' unions because they knew players who worked at the unions. In fact, one of Rutgers' teammates from the Packers worked at the union. And um, they tried to um, have an audience with them. They tried to set up a conference call between the doctors that are speaking out against all these cardiac issues and the um, leadership of the NFLPA. And it went nowhere. And it Um, wasn't just there. I've also heard from them that it was The NFL they approached, the NBA, the NHL, Hockey League, Major League Baseball, and the International Olympic Committee. And none of them responded. Wow. It's heartbreaking. And the thing is, you can't make, if you're a player, I know there's all this pressure, and I know some players might just decide, I'm going to take the risk. And that's okay. That's their choice. But to me, the most important thing is that people have the opportunity to make that choice for themselves and they can't make an informed choice if they're not told the truth. And that's why we wanna have this conversation and are really pushing and insisting that the NFL PA speak out. What do you think Correct. about
1: all that? I, I agree hundred percent. That's why I shared it. My thing is like any time in history, as far as I know, growing up, anybody who suffered, not, not that there's been many, but cardiac arrest or whenever somebody was injured, it was immediate action. Then everybody knew what the cause was. They were like, oh, he had this. He had an underlying health issue, blah, 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 blah. And we knew. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. But then we were like, okay, sport, what you know? What really caused it? You know what I mean? Because you can't have an underlying health condition and there could not be a reason that you fell ill. You know what I mean? It's, some things just happened. I get it. But back in the day, we knew. You know what I'm saying? So we didn't have to really question as much but there was a lot of shade stuff going on back then as well, you know? So, but mainly I, yeah, it was pretty much the letter you wrote that pretty much put me onto it. That was my whole thing. Like, that's, that's, you know, I'm an activist. So that's what I do. Everything's just fell into place. After I posted the video, I seen you doing it. You there? I think we froze up. All uh-huh. right. Just let me know you guys are back.
0: See, okay, hi Luther. Hello, very interesting. So, I'm hoping that we're still recording, it's still Uh, recording on my end. Okay, 48 48 minutes. Okay, good. So, um, uh, I've heard of StreamYard taking people down when they don't like what they're talking about. I know I have friends who've had StreamYard. just stopped working in the middle of their broadcast, and I'm hardwired. Jamie's was up, but mine went down for some reason. Wow! Very interesting. Who knows?
1: Yeah, I was talking to you, and I think I got like, I, was t- I got mixed up because you started like cut in and out. So you probably edit that part out, and you guess, you guess ask it again or whatever. Yeah,
0: we will. Okay, I don't even remember what we were talking about now.
1: You're talking about um, how yeah. how did I feel about you know what you were doing as far as Damar Hamlin, et cetera, okay. like that, and.
0: Okay, so let's start over with that. So tell us what you think about what we've done with the NFLPA and what we're calling for with respect to just health freedom and what's happened with DeMar Hamlin and all these athletes. What's your sort of take on all this stuff?
1: I think it's amazing, to be honest. Like it's just it makes me feel good that, you know, I'm not doing exactly what you guys are doing with your organization, but you know, in the same sense, we can kind of relate a lot, you know. So it makes me feel good that there are other individuals with boots on the ground that I actually that care about other individuals. You know what I mean? So it, like, it touched my heart when I seen it. And I was like, wow, wrote a whole letter about this, don't want a situation, because you don't see a lot of that. Of course, a lot of people are speaking, there's people questioning that we don't know of, but it's very rare that you see people willing to put their necks out there for the greater good. And that to me was amazing. And I appreciate that so much. Wow,
0: oh, thank you so much. You're very, very sweet, Luther. I appreciate that too. We just want to raise awareness. You know, I think we live in a culture, um, for better or for worse, that um, reveres athletes. And these athletes are putting their health and their lives on the line, um, playing their, their sports, for sure. I mean, but it's not usually their lives, right? It's generally speaking, okay, they may dislocate their shoulder or they may break their leg or they do whatever. But it's not that they're going to have cardiac arrest and die. And I want people to understand Cardiac arrest means your heart stopped. That's what it means. You died. Damar Hamlin died on the field and he had to be resuscitated. And it took him about nine minutes to do so. He yeah. didn't just collapse. Like, you know, people think, oh, well, he collapsed like he fainted or something. No, his heart stopped. And then, yeah. from what I understand, have you heard this? I heard that it stopped again at the hospital and they had to resuscitate Christ. him a second time. Is that right?
1: That's absolutely correct. That's when they said the, the uncle misspoke.
0: Oh, they did. They said that he was not telling the truth. Once he said that he he actually said it. Oh, they actually of have course, an interview. they the did. On my page as well, I have the interview before they scrubbed it from the
1: internet. The, the oh. uncle said they had to they had to resuscitate him twice. So in that case, there's no way. I mean, unless you had comodio cordis twice, <laughs> right? Or I mean, I don't know, whatever.
0: Yes, <laughs> but you couldn't even stand up if you had comodio cordis once. You couldn't. I'm sorry. No. that's just there's because like there's the saying
1: goes, if it's the if it's the direct hit, there's no getting up. Yeah. It should have been an immediate resuscitation, not get up, okay, and then we'll resuscitate him, yeah.
0: you know? So, very interesting. What did you think? I'm sure you saw the video of him on, I think it was Good Morning America, where Michael Strahan is interviewing him. I mean, I couldn't believe that. What What was your take on it?
1: My, you know, it, it was more, I'm like, you, you're promoting cpr for the american heart association right (laughs) so you wouldn't so i mean i mean people would want to should or want to hear your story of you know what you went through right because cardiac arrest is nothing new it's Mm -hmm. happened before yeah there's nothing to be ashamed of but there is something to be ashamed of that you don't want to speak about it the elephant in the room right so when he was like i don't really want to talk about that and then he said the key sentence that stood out to me was, yeah, I was healthy and priming my shape, 24 years old and very energetic. Mm-hmm. Right there, that that was a red flag. And I was like, so what caused a young athlete in a prime of his career, which has no underlying health conditions, because he confirmed it when he said that, healthy, fit, energetic, he confirmed it. Yeah. So what caused it? Because people like that in a prime of their career, these are athletes, professional, right? That, that doesn't just happen, right? It's only yeah. happened one time, and that was Chuck Hughes, right? And he had an underlying health condition. So it's never happened in the sport of football, ever. No, never. So, you know, that was...
0: And he wasn't even hitting the heart. No. First like of all, you have
1: chest gear. You have chest gear. So first but also, all, it,
0: it was over here on the side, too. It wasn't a direct, you know, it was like, yeah, it was oh. more like
1: Yeah, it was more like right here. But yeah. even even that, the, the the pads, the professional NFL players wear, they're meant to absorb contact. Mm-hmm. So even if it was in the middle, it's a, it's an overall, it's, it's going through the whole, it's like through the whole patch. You know, it's, it's gonna not just one it. spot. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's going to distribute. Gonna, it. Yeah. Exactly. So it's not just here, it's going to be the whole shoulder patch. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So, like, it was like, so how is, how are you claiming a, a tackle like that, routine tackle, caused that to happen when that, those tackles happen almost every day? Yeah. If anything, we should be seeing a lot more commodial quarters
0: in practice then. Totally. So I thought um, I thought it was super interesting that Strahan literally said the words the hit. I bet it was at least 10, maybe 15 times during the interview. He just kept saying, So after the hit and then and then the hit and then the hit and you got hit. And and I, I thought, you know, is he doing this? Is he been told to do this? Or is this just him trying to tr- process this and digest it for himself and understand it? But it seemed to me that he was really trying to make the viewer think that what happened to Damar was because of the hit, mm-hmm. not because of something else that anybody might say. <laughs> right. Do you know? Did you notice that?
1: I, I kind of noticed he was a little—he was a little shifty when he was questioning him too, with a little smirk. And I also got—you know—he's probably never seen that before in his career, neither. No. So he he kind of also wants to know, but then he's also on the show, and Michael Strahan he's one to ask those questions on his show.
0: Yeah. So
1: it's like ah, I can't really do it this show. So I kind of I kind of more listened to what Demar was saying rather than Michael Strahan.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, then honest. of course you mentioned um first he asked him, well, when you when you first stood up after the hit,
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: you stood up how did you feel? And I think he maybe even asked him what was going through his mind or what was going on for you. And Mm -hmm. Hamlin wouldn't go there that first time. Mm -hmm. And then later on in the the interview, he said, you know, what are your doctors saying and advising you and all this stuff? And he's just like, I don't want to talk about it. And I Mm -hmm. thought, hmm, very, very interesting. Right. And if you don't want to
1: talk about it, what are you promoting then? Because if you don't want to talk about what, what caused you to go, you know, them to perform CPR on you, right? And you're doing this for American Heart Association, not knowing what happened. What are you doing
0: now? Was he actually <laughs> appearing for the American Heart Association?
1: Uh, he was, he was uh, I think, it was uh, promoting CPR for them, so I think it was the last awards they were at. They were all there, so oh remember my they were all with and stuff like that. Yeah, he even did the video on uh Instagram and Twitter. Come when he, on, when he did like that. Yeah, that was
0: promoted hmm. for American Heart Association.
2: Very but you interesting. don't want to tell
1: nobody what happened.
2: Yeah.
0: Did you see that um, advertisement? I think it might've been British, but it might've been, I'm pretty sure it was British. And it has this probably 14 year old girl and she's walking across the soccer pitch, the, the football pitch as they call it in, in Britain. She's walking along and they're talking about how, you know, heart conditions can happen in any age. And then the girl literally goes boom and falls down and collapses on the field and i'm this is just so sinister they are trying to normalize cardiac conditions in young people i have never heard of a 14 year old girl collapsing on a field from a heart issue before you know and then now there's been like seven-year-olds and four-year-olds who died from cart from heart things it's just unbelievable the machine and what it will do in order to divert attention away from what is really happening. And let's just say that there are people who do collapse every year. I'm sure you've seen that data that the International yeah. Olympic Committee looked at about 40 years of data and they found that there were about 29 athlete cardiac arrests and cardiac collapses every year over that yeah. period. But There have been, I think it's about 600 deaths from cardiac issues in both 2021 and 2022, since the shot, um, Mm -hmm. were introduced and in the United States, the data is that, um, there have been, I think in 2005 and 2006, the most recent data that they have says that there were about 66 athletes who had cardiac events and Mm -hmm. died in 2005. And then again, in 2006, and if you look at, a, at the average of roughly 10 years going back before then, it was around 69 athletes. Uh-huh. But in January of 2020 alone, 89 athletes died in the United States. January of 2022, if I didn't say 2022. Uh-huh. Um, it's just crazy. Um, I mean, yeah, they're, amazing. They're, it is amazing. And this is what is so incredibly important <sighs> is that people have to understand that we're not sounding the alarm over nothing. We're sounding the alarm because there's something real going on. And the mainstream authorities are trying to divert attention away from it.
1: Right, and it's it's. Now nah, I just want to piggyback on what you said as far as you know p- young people having heart issues and the status you told me. You know, first first and foremost, nobody just suddenly drops with no cause. There's always a reason, right? So even with even with those statistics that they say, 26 per year, I think you said it was 29. We have to, we have to, 29 yeah, we have to look at those individual cases and see what caused it. Right. Because it has happened before, 100 percent. I mean, I can't deny that. You know what I mean? That's common sense. But there's always a reason. So if you look at each his, each person's history, you'll see a cause. And it's, it's not just the, these the elephant in the room now. The elephant's always been in the room. You know what I mean? And there's mm-hmm. a lot of different factors that could have played a, a part in why these, you know, young individuals suffer cardiac arrest, Yeah. right? And that is a new factor, the elephant in the room. So now we need to add that amongst the other factors, because people like to say, oh, it's always happened. It's happened before. Now as a new factor. So get used to it until yeah. proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. Simple.
0: Yeah. Well, it has happened before, but like I said, mm-hmm. it was... The International Olympic Committee said it was 29 a year, yeah. and US, a U.S. Um, paper found that it was roughly 65 to 70 a year,
2: uh-huh.
0: 89 in the month of January 2022. Something's up, um. <laughs> right? Something's up, and you can't just pass that off as nothing, and it's not just athletes, right? We also know one of my um, team has done some research, and he has shared with me that what he has found is that there were 433 excess deaths compared to the preceding five-year average in 2020. So 433,000 in the United States. The shots were introduced in December of that year. There were 510,000 excess deaths in 2021. That's a huge jump. And if those shots are helping us, then what the heck happened? And in 2022, it's over 500,000 excess deaths again. So explain that to me. If it's, if it's not, it's not just the athletes, explain it. Right. There's, there's gotta be something. (laughs) No. Yeah. So, um, I was on, uh, um, uh, Tommy Lahren's show fearless. I think it was last week. And one of the things I shared there is something that I found out through a source that I cannot divulge. But what I've been told Luther is that, uh, the medical staff, The players, basically everybody in the NFL teams, and I have to assume that the NFL itself knows as well, but that they all know that there's an issue because players are dropping in training camps, in practices, and it was just that Hamlin was the first one to happen in the middle of a game like that on Monday Night Football, but that they know that there's an issue and everybody um, is aware of it. And Mm -hmm. that is really heartbreaking scary. It
1: is scary. Cause a lot of people know, and yeah. a lot of people know they just don't want to look right. They choose to look the opposite way, but it's happening. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> They're staying silent. So, well, we're working on a new initiative, which I will share with you in the next couple of days. I and a bunch of um, professional retired athletes are working on something which I can't go into now, but it's going to launch in the next couple of days, I hope. And I hope that you'll share it. And, um, help make it huge because it's really important that we get not only athletes, but the general public to understand that there's an issue and they need to be aware of it so they can protect themselves. And also I think this is so critically important because it, for me, re-emphasizes the importance of prior voluntary informed consent. And that's the whole reason I started Health Freedom Defense Fund is because I believe that each and every one of us should be free to make any choices that we want about our health care. Free of any kind of coercion or pressure or bullying based on what is best for us. And that is it. Agreed. I agree. And I will share. Awesome. Well, Luther, is there any parting comments you want to share with us? I mean, have you, everything that's happened in the three years, what do you take away? How do you feel about things? What's...
1: I feel things, I feel the narrative is crumbling. I feel the narrative is crumbling and it won't happen overnight. But I feel, you know, the more people who are awake to what's going on, to the propaganda, the more of a chance we'll have at, you know, fighting this tyranny, you know, Mm -hmm. because everybody's, you know, sleepwalking, per se, they can't help. But if people are awake, at least they don't have to be as knowledgeable, but somewhat knowledgeable enough to question enough when you see BS in front of your face, instead of just simply complying. Yeah. Right. That's my thing. One step at a time. It's going to happen. It's
0: happening. But. It ain't gonna happen overnight. I can promise you that. That is so important what you just said. Question everything. <laughs> I've always taught my son, question everything, especially authority. If something comes from authority, then you should question it more than ever. And um, have you seen all of these texts that are being released from Britain from the health secretary, Matt Hancock, where he literally yeah. talks about when are we gonna release the new variant? And, um, um, you know, when are we gonna talk about the new variant? And um, how do we frighten the people into complying and all this? If you need evidence <laughs> that they are not acting in your best interest, it is right there in black and white. You know.
1: Absolutely, I agree. More unicorns, more floating around in the air, getting people sick. That's yeah. what I call them. <laughs> yeah. But whatever, it's of money yes. to me. But you know yeah. why I stand on the whole dream theory thing. So. Yeah.
0: Well, Luther, it has been my pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Where can people find you?
1: Uh, thanks for having me, Leslie. Um, I'm here on Twitter. You can find me at censored for sure, or just type in Luther, and that's pretty much where you can find me at. Or with Leslie next time. Okay, <laughs>
0: Luther Cyrus. I want people to know that because when yes, I first yes. tried to find you, it wasn't easy. It's Luther Cyrus, censored, censored for sure, right? It's
1: yeah, censored. The number four, sure. Okay. And my name is right here at the bottom. My thing, so if they want to copy it there, I typed it down there as well.
0: Perfect. Thank All you right. for having
1: me, on, Leslie. I appreciate your time.
0: My pleasure, Luther. Thank you for doing all you're doing in the name of truth and honesty and decency. We all appreciate you and your efforts. You as well. Have a great day. You too.